0: everyone and a very warm welcome back to GGYLB after a slightly extended and I have to say unplanned break but don't be worried here we are back again safe and sound and ready to go as good as gold. Now
1: you might remember
0: the last episode called Go On a Lift Will Ya? Well I clearly hit a bit of a note with quite a few people out there and I know for many of you that it brought back some fabulous and maybe a bit scary memories of hitching around the UK or around Europe, or in some cases further afield. And some of these took place long before I was even in nappies, so I hope you enjoyed all those memories. You see, that's one of the beauties of Ginger Child, You Lucky Bastard. Even if you get, you know, a bit bored with me rabbiting on, regaling you with my own personal tales, stories and traumas of, Bygone times and events, well, they often seem to trigger long and well-concealed memories of your own. So this pod, one might say, is in fact a big personal recollections nutcracker. It just opens up your anecdotes in one fell crack. Now, before we get started on today's theme, which is on pets and animals overseas, I just need to spend a few minutes telling you about something else now those of you who know ginger Gerald, and i think that's most of you by now you're very aware that i have a love hate relationship with mobile apps you know applications apps that you've got to download upload use all the bloody time on the one hand some of them are fabulous, and they add fantastic value to your lives, like in my case, Playtomic for my paddle matches, or I've got this great one that all it does is count down from 301 or 501 for me games of arrows. And, of course, the Spotify. Without Spotify, we wouldn't have our podcast, would we? But others, oh, Christ, I wish you didn't need them. You need them for menus. I need this one called Booksy. Just make an appointment to get me haircut. And QR readers for menus and bank apps and are oh, coming out of your ears. Anyway, my new one this week is called Chat GPT. Have you heard of that? I'm guessing half of you are saying, "Come on, Ginger, Gerald, that's so 2022." And the rest of you saying, "What the hell is he blathering on about? What is Chat GPT?" Well, Chat GPT is ready. It's a language processing tool driven by artificial intelligence. Anyway, someone was babbling on about it at work and I overheard them. So I thought, you know what, I'll have a go. I'll download it. There we go again. And I'll give it a go and see how good it is. So I opened it up and I asked it to do this for me. I said to ChatGPT, Oi, ChatGPT. Write me a podcast on international pets in the style of the podcast, Ginger Gerald, you lucky bastard. And this, and I swear this is absolutely true, this is what it came up with, this is its opening paragraph. Ready? Greetings listeners, it's your favourite pet lover, Ginger Gerald, and I'm here with another episode of Pets Around the World today we're gonna to delve into the fascinating world of international pets and let me tell you you lucky bastards there are some truly extraordinary creatures out there so sit back relax and prepare to be amazed and then it went on a bit about Komodo dragons, bengali cats and the African great parrot none of which I've ever seen by the way by the way at least not in real life and then it closed the pod with. As always, I'm Ginger Gerald, urging you to consider adopting a furry or scaly friend of your own. Now, how amazing is that? So good. It was exactly in the style of Gigi Wildby. I was amazed. I wonder if it actually went into my pods and picked out the tone of it. I might just feed in a bit more information next time. Then I could have my episodes up and out the door in five minutes. Imagine how many episodes I could turn over for you then. On the other hand, do I really want to be voluntarily feeding my personal data into yet another app which listens, learns and controls? Surprised it didn't remind me to buy some goldfish food for my pet goldfish that died 50 years ago. Anyway, there we go, that's ChatGPT. but that little story brings it, and incidentally, I'm not gonna use it, but that brings me nicely onto pets, doesn't it? Now, I don't know about you lot, but as a kid, I didn't know very much about pets. I can't remember any of my close mates having pets at home, to be honest, and we never had a dog or a cat at home. I do once. Remember a tortoise wandering into our garden, and it turned out that was from next door. But that's about the closest I ever got to anyone's pet. Maybe there were so many of us, maybe there was simply no space. And well, I, I am telling a lie, we did have a couple of goldfish for a short sure while that we won at the fair. My brother got one of his three ping pong balls. Do you remember this game When you bounced a ping pong ball and I had to land in a plastic cup? Well, he did it. And he got a goldfish. And I was so upset. It must have been quite young. I think, but the nice lady behind the table, well, she gave me another. So suddenly we had two goldfish, two pets, and we called them, wait for it, Tweedledum and Tweedledee. Oh, it's nice, isn't that? Now, I can't remember my mum and dad being over-delighted when we got home with these two goldfish, but we did get them a bowl, and they lived by the empty milk bottles for a while until we found, well, Tweedledee, we found him floating one morning. So that was the end of that. And As for mine, well, I think it lasted a few years after that. And then Tweedledum decided to jump out to make a break for freedom one day. And I'm sure that's what inspired Finding Nemo which is why I get royalty checks. They just keep arriving every year, millions and millions. Anyway, that was the end of Tweedledum. And that was the end of us ever having pets. Didn't go on for too long, but it did give us a bit of, I guess, a bit of responsibility for feeding them every day and cleaning the bowl when it absolutely stunk from time to time. So maybe that was no bad thing. Now, moving the clock forward quite a long way, when I met T back in the day, and we moved in together. She had a cat, a black cat, but when she got pregnant, the cat went absolutely stir crazy and started attacking everyone. It was leaping at them from halfway up the stairs. So I'm afraid we had to get the cat rehoused with other people. And when we moved overseas, and that's what really this pod is around now, isn't it? When we moved overseas to Mexico, the first few weeks and months, were really tough for us now any pod you listen to about relocating overseas particularly with a family irrespective just how fabulous and exciting your new paradise really is and notwithstanding everyone else's jealousy and comments of "Oh, you lucky bastards It's still a tough time for everyone, adapting to a new life with new people, new surroundings. You're missing your family. You're missing your friends. You're missing your routines. You're even missing your stuff that you haven't got anymore. So, although I don't think it was really planned, fairly early on, the decision was taken by us all. Well, my recollection is slightly different. I don't think I had anything to do with this decision whatsoever, but maybe I did the decision was taken to get a puppy, okay? The thinking was that it would help us settle and it would make our new house and new place feel much more like home. And you know what? It absolutely worked a treat. we got this tiny little white and honey colored American cocker spaniel. And it was as a little puppy was running all over the place with its floppy ears that were bigger than its own head. It almost looked like she could have used them to fly. Anyway, this little white and honey fluffball which absolutely loved chasing birds four times its size on the golf course near where we lived in Cancun Um, and these little possum type creatures I'll talk about in a minute on the complex where we lived. It absolutely did the trick and she became an integral and much loved part of our family for, wait for it, for 16 and a half years. That's amazing, isn't it? And a few years after having her and after moving to Mexico, one morning we came out of our house and there was a security guard there. And next to the security guard was the tiniest little dog tied up on a long bit of rope. Now this super cute little puppy had been born on the streets; It was obviously a street dog somewhere and who knows where, and this kind, kind security dog was doing his very best to look after the dog, but he said he couldn't keep him. Well, I think you know what comes next, don't you? We said, Well, we'll look after him for a bit, we'll let him in the house from time to time to play and to play with the other dog. Not that she, the spaniel, was very keen on him being that. In of fact, she was never keen on him, but little by little, this cute rather odd, wonky-looking street dog became a part of the family too. So before we knew it, we found ourselves with two pet dogs for a big chunk of our overseas lives and an even bigger proportion of our kids' lives. And for me anyway, it was amazing just how important and fundamental they became within the family unit. And the bonds that are created during all of that time were so strong no decision about where we went or what we did could be taken without really considering that. So, so why do I tell you all of this? How many of you have lived or do live right now overseas and you've taken pets with you or more critically, bought, fostered or rescued pets when you get there? And I'm 100% sure that if you did do that, you did more than just create a nice environment for them but you transformed your new place of residence into your home. So if you're new to life overseas, you're not quite yet feeling it. You think you should be feeling it, but something's missing. It's not quite right. You haven't got that belonging then. I highly recommend that you give it a go. Get yourself a pet. But when we're talking life overseas, And animals, it's not all about cuddly pets of your own choices. Oh no, oh no. There are a bunch of new, wild and nasty critters and animals. Not just little bugs, but in some cases, huge and scary beasts that you've got to learn to contend with as part of your new life, and it probably never even crossed your mind when you were thinking of moving. So the most obvious example, I think, and this must hit, has hit many, many, many people, and it still does, particularly those who move from a relatively cold country to one in a much warmer clime, is the cockroach. Come on, hands up. Who absolutely hates and is shit scared of a cockroach. How many of you, whether travelling or living in warmer climes, have woken up to that scuttling sound of a cockroach or spotted one running over your bed or got one lands on your head? I remember living in a hotel in Tunisia for a while and I was absolutely convinced that the corridor carpet outside was my room was brown until I realised that it was just a moving mass of cockroach. Now, when we moved to Mexico, getting used to the new wonderful wildlife was definitely a part of the adaptation process. Where we lived, there were a load of what were called laquaches in the garden. These laquaches, they're like raccoons or possums, that sort of thing. They look like big fat rats without a long tail. Anyway, there were a bunch of them in the complex we shared. And we, we, we shared the complex, there were a dozen or so other houses. It didn't really cause us a problem. They never seemed to come in the house, but their dogs could spot them from a mile away. One lapwatcher just moved. Our dogs, the two of them would go absolutely mad. They'd be go flying out. Often they'd go straight through the mosquito net to chase them down. And as the rules were, no dogs in the communal areas, that became a bit of an issue. And we weren't always the most popular residents there. Before animal concerns had been limited just to cockroaches and furry little rat-like creatures, then that would have been okay. But that wasn't always the case in Mexico. We went out kayaking once, we had a guide, and we were going across the lagoon. Now, what a very pleasant family afternoon that was. Lovely blue sky, small group of us. T and I had a double kayak with our, I think he must've been five or six year old son at the time. He was very carefully, safely balanced between us. So what could possibly go wrong? We thought, what a lovely afternoon excursion. Well, what did go wrong was that the kayak started sinking. It was taking in water really quickly and getting lower and lower. Now, no problem. It's quite easy. You might think you just get out, you empty out, you get back in and you carry on. Except of course that the lagoon we were in was full of crocodiles. We'd already seen a couple. The water was at best, wow, it was just really murky and the bottom of the lagoon when we did manage to get to a sort of edge and put our feet down was just, you know, that horrible slimy silt that you can't stand up in and you definitely can't push off it to lift a kayak up because you just go down and the kayak stays where it was. Well, that, folks, was one very scary moment. In fact, it wasn't a moment. It was a couple of minutes for us as we kept our eyes peeled to try and ward off any crooks fancying a quick and easy bit of lunch. Fortunately, we had a very brave guide who kept his distance and told us to be quick or we get eaten. So thanks very much for that, pal. Anyway, we were lucky bastards, of course, and we escaped with all our limbs intact, which isn't always the case for the bunch of spring breakers every single year in Cancun. who think it's a good idea to go midnight swimming in the lagoon after a few yards of ale and a bunch of tequila slams. But you know what? That's another story, isn't it? Now, just shortly before we left Mexico to head to Mallorca, we had another couple of incidents, animal close encounters. Maybe it was just Cancun's way of wishing us well on our way. Goodbye. Adios. Hasta luego. The first one was we had a storeroom in the house. and I was clearing it out because we were getting ready to leave. And then suddenly it must have been six inches from my head. I saw a bit of movement, like a bit of a shadow, and my daughter just screamed. There was a cockroach, I wish it was only a cockroach, there was a hairy tarantula, literally the size of my face staring at me, not six inches away from me. Now, that wasn't the first time I'd seen a tarantula in Mexico or anywhere else for that matter, but I'd definitely not been quite that close up before. That was a little scary, and then, Oddly, and this is really odd, we've been there nine years. Two days after that, I was just wandering outside with my flip-flops like I did all the time. And I, I trod on something. I thought, oh, that was really painful. It was like stepping on cut glass. And I thought I'd cut me fuck, but it turned out it wasn't cut glass at all. It was a scorpion. And the pain just carried on as painful. But worse than the pain was, quite quickly, I started losing feeling in my foot and then I lost feeling in my leg it went up my leg and then it went up the other leg and by that time we were all on the way to the hospital and we'd been waiting to see this doctor for I reckon a couple of hours my head was already turning numb my brain had gone to mush but the good news was that when the doctor finally did see me he looked at me and he smiled he said don't worry if that had been a really dangerous scorpion You'd be dead by now. Thank you, doctor.
1: Anyway, here's my
0: final overseas nasty critter critter story. And it's not, this one is not from Mexico. This one's from Mallorca. I reckon this is the prize winner. It's a slightly bizarre one. The prize is going to go to the processionary caterpillar. Okay, processionary caterpillar. Now, who's ever heard of one of those? Well, Anyone who lives in New York, probably a bunch of other areas that have a lot of pine forests. Anyone who lives here, you'll know all about these, particularly if you're a dog owner, as this hairy little monster is an absolute killer. We'd never heard of a procession we catted the love before, but we got here and very quickly. The first spring we were here, remember we had the two dogs and it just, took over our lives this one year we rented a very small house but had a load of garden and a load of pine trees these pine trees hadn't been treated for this caterpillar you're supposed to treat them in september october the year before so that the the nests don't fall but there were these nests hanging in these pine trees all over the place there were dozens of them and we were desperately trying to keep our dogs away from them. what happens Is that caterpillars? They either drop out of the nests in big blotches of loads of more fall together with the weight of the nest, or more commonly, they come down the trees in processions, literally all joined up one to the other, hence the name. And these processions can literally be hundreds of the little bastards going on, and then they get onto the ground and they continue processing and they go into, they break out into Ys, you get this whole shape of procession caterpillars are all over the place and bear in mind that every hair on every one of them which is dreadful for us can bring you out in real rush but they're lethal for a dog this was really not a stress we expected to have when we moved overseas for life in paradise so how many of you been caught out with any of those i bet some of you out there because i know many of you do or have lived in a million one place overseas bet you've got some great stories about nasty buggers overseas haven't you anyone lived or lives in australia with the snakes and the really really nasty spiders over there and what about kenya or south africa or places like that with wild animals tramping through the backyard or bears in north america that I'm constantly seeing on facebook videos well these sorts of things you know, they don't really cross your mind before you take the decision to move away, do they? You never sit down and think, all right, let me do a quick checklist. Job, yeah, I've got one of those, that's good. Tick that one off. Need a house to live in? Yep, got one of those. Need a school for the kid? Yep, got one of those. Now then, what's the situation with the local dangerous animals and insects? Now, for those of you from the UK, I don't want you to feel left out here. So remember, those seagulls down in Brighton, they're a nightmare, aren't they? Stealing your fish and chips and your doughnuts. Now, then, before wrapping up on animals and pets overseas this week, I do need to balance things a little bit because I've focused, apart from pets, I've really focused on the negative and scary side of nasty beasts and critters when you live overseas but there is of course the beautiful natural and wonderful side of it too like for example looking down on pelicans flying beneath you which was my early morning view every day for years when I lived in Venezuela or the hummingbirds in Mexico and I can only imagine what it must be like to look outside every day and see the plains of full of wild animals in Africa. And that, of course, is the online variety. Yet another beauty of life overseas, depending, of course, where you choose to go, that is, is that diving or snorkeling can become a real passion. And For a while, I became quite obsessed with diving. I was a lucky bastard, of course. So I got my PADI Open Water Certificate in Mexico. My dives, my training was done in Cozumel, which is an absolute mecca for divers. People come from all over the world to dive in Cozumel. So I was such a lucky bastard, diving with huge groupers, moray eels, the odd reef shark, manta rays, turtles. It was just absolutely fabulous. Now the obsession was controlled a little, however that I went out diving with dodgy equipment and an even dodgy guide on a wreck in the Bay of Acapulco. Not such a lucky bastard that day, I can tell you, as I got trapped inside a shipwreck corridor with seemingly no way out, zero visibility, and with no clue how much air I had left in my tank. Still gives me nightmares just thinking about that. Now, I did get out, which is why I'm here took me some while to go diving again, I did tell you. So folks, that's a wrap for today. Have beasts or animals been a big part of your move or your life overseas? And in particular, pets, surely they've been a huge part of life. Did you take them with you? Did you get them when you were there? Listen, share your stories, guys. You know exactly where to put them. Thanks once again for listening in. And remember... Share this pod. Have a fantastic week, everyone, and speak to you soon. Bye. Thank you, Ginger Gerald, for enriching our lives.